welcome to What's Your Deal? I'm your host, Ariana Lenarski. This is the podcast where we read tarot for special guests to find out where they've been and where they're going. And with me today, I have one of my dear, oldest and dearest friends, not, li- <laughs> not old in age, but old in friendship length, <laughs> my, <laughs> my friend, Liberty Larson. Hi. Hi, Libby. How's it going? It's going great. I'm very happy to be here. Liberty is a musician, a magician, and has an energy healing practice. Mm -hmm. And normally when I have people come on the show, I ask people what their relationship is to tarot. And I know very well, we've known each other since we were like 12 years old, really long time. Um, But uh, I want you to share a little bit about what your relationship has been to tarot as well as magic in general because you actually have like a very complex relationship true to all these things that yeah. i'm kind of like your lawyer i already know everything <laughs> defense lawyer Will not you actually be my lawyer <laughs> <I'd>, <laughs> I <need one. laughs> as you well know um tarot for me started my mom used tarot when i was a kid so i was familiar with the cards and stuff i actually did not know that Hell so this yeah. is like actually cool that I didn't know this at all yes uh she did and she I remember when I was a teenager you know she started to every once in a while I would always see her deck like wrapped in silk and it felt very off limits and then at one point she did a reading for me it wasn't big and dramatic but I was intrigued and I can't I can't remember how my own relationship with it started I feel like I just started I got my own deck at some point and just started playing around with it. I don't think I ever formally learned the meanings of the cards or anything. I just learned as I went, kind of. Would you say that, because I know that you and I had the same tarot reader without knowing it, right? Recently? Didn't we go to the same, we both went to Aaron without realizing yes. it, right? Which is really weird. Because yes. again, we both grew up in Los Angeles. There's thousands of readers to go to. But only one really awesome one. Only one. <laughs> truly, like, honestly, the best psychic I've ever known. The gem. Yeah. Um, but we randomly found out that we were going to the same reader. Didn't we find out by seeing each other there yeah. on accident? Like, I think on, a, <laughs> on like, the first day of the year or something. It was like the very... Yeah. It was very strange. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we ran into each other. It's like, oh, oh, excuse me. I didn't know you went here too. <laughs> and then didn't we get a reading together? Eventually, yes. yes. I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a reading together eventually. Um, And began to like, well, we also like started to try to see if we could practice magic together, yes. right? With our reader. Yes. Which is like a whole thing. Yes. It's hard to just say that and not explain it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> we started a group the three of us to just try to work with energy and do spells and see what we could do with reality I guess uh-huh. it was just very playful and um yeah sort of corroborate is that the right word sort of like yeah Colla- collaborate collaborating and corroborating our experiences like oh that's happening to you this is happening to me whoa that's happening in your life sort of sort of catching up yeah, mm-hmm. and seeing how we could shift reality streams. <laughs> and just like play with mm, the tools we had. Mm-hmm. So I want to try to like pull back a little bit to give more context. Okay. 
<laughs> Backing up. <laughs> so we met as kids, right? Yeah. We were like 12. Middle school. Middle school. Yeah. Um, and began to just play together, right? Yes. Full on. Just, and I think there, I think we both like had a feeling of, there was a little bit of rebellion going on, I guess. For me a lot. Yeah. For you a lot. <laughs> Do you want to talk more about that? I used to ditch school every single day. Well, that wasn't middle school. I was very rebellious in at that age in, in high, school. high school. Yeah, that was actually when we that we was when we like fall, 15, yeah, we became we aware, aware of each, each other, other. Middle school, <laughs> <laughs> oh, finishing each other's sentences, and then yeah, high school. I was very rebellious. I wouldn't say like bad girl, bad kid, rebellious, but definitely didn't want anything to do with authority. Um, a school or otherwise and yeah the way that we would play was very much about I wouldn't even say breaking the rules but definitely trying unusual ways of engaging with life yeah yeah like having fun really is what it was mischievous yeah playful what would happen if we do this we should talk to this person we should say this we should put this note in this place and see you know what happens yeah yeah creating a lot of surreal surreal memories but definitely not aware of anything except the present moment in doing them yeah that that was the joy i think was that i think both of our families were a little cuckoo clock bananas (laughs) no offense to either of them but (laughs) that's how it was coming across at the time Uh and i just remember thinking like that's fun like i remember like when we would hang out thinking like this is fun like I want to do this yes this is fun yes I don't care about anything else like I, <laughs> I want to focus on this and totally I, and I and it wasn't like and it was the combination of the two energies it was like yes. oh something there's like Libby and there's me and then there's something else too it's like yes. whatever comes into our field is also a part of so true this it felt very like combustible and I remember when I met you, the world just suddenly felt like it got bigger. Like the way that things were played with suddenly, it, there was a bigger playground. Yes. Yeah. Suddenly it was like, oh my God. Whoa. And I think I got my license, right? <laughs> yes. Then we got about five car accidents together. Literally. I have not got, I have gotten into more car That's accidents That's part of our magic. <laughs> well, God forbid. I think we're done. I think we've no, moved we, on we've from done that. that. We learned what we needed to. But we've to. been in some Did really we? intense car accidents. Yeah, like life worst of my life. <laughs> That's true. I know. It's really funny. But, but but the worst one was like not our fault. No, it was totally it your was dad. Totally... <laughs> um, so I want to talk about this car accident. Please. I also want to. Okay. So I want to speak <laughs> slightly of the small elephant in the room is that when we when I went over to your house the first time, I saw that you had a really interesting house. Yes. And I remember not even thinking, like, not putting it into context of what it could mean. I just was like, oh, really cool big house. Great. More fun. Like, to me, I was just (laughs) like, oh, good. We're having more fun. Like, great. (laughs) But this was a special, this is a special house. This is actually a historical landmark in Los Angeles. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, The house she's referring to that I've lived, uh, I've lived in on and off throughout my life and I'm currently living in is called Brookledge. Um, and it's our family home, and it's sort of the precursor to the Magic Castle. My grandparents are the founders of the Magic Castle in Hollywood, um, but my great-grandfather traded houses to, that's how he acquired this house, with the man who built it named Floyd Thayer. 
Floyd Thayer was a magic manufacturer. Uh, he didn't build the main house, but he built the theater in the back, and it's a 1930s uh, theater that was his magic studio, his shop where people would magicians would hang out and buy their magic props, and this was the home uh, where all the magicians would meet in the 30s and 40s. My great-grandfather was a really good friend of his and a, a customer, and eventually, for reasons that we don't understand, they traded houses, because that's what you do. And my family's lived there ever since. And it's just a very, it's a house that when you enter it has a lot of wonder to it. Mm. Has a, has a, you went, you enter and you're like, what's going on? Like it's, it almost looks like you walk into a different climate. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a forest element to it. Yeah. It's sort of jungly, foresty. There's a stream and a bridge. Yes. Um, and I think a big part of, what it was like to grow up was I think we for me as well with my family um I lived close kind of close to you mm -hmm. in this is like in mid-city basically mm -hmm. yeah, so Hancock Park Hancock Park so my my dad lived up the street so my parents were divorced my mom lived in Burbank that's where he went to high school mm -hmm. and your mom lived in Burbank mm -hmm. right and so what I thought I was swallowing into the microphone oh, no. <laughs> um so we had these two houses and so and my father and my stepmother's house was very was like a millionaire house it was like a very expensive house my mm -hmm. stepmother was in real estate and her parents it's so weird that i'm like fuzzy on these details because i just don't know <laughs> but for some reason like her family had real estate money mm -hmm. and um my father ha was working in the biz, I guess, as like a uh, agent uh, for executives. Yeah. And I remember feeling pretty cut off from it all. Like, I remember being like, okay, whatever. Like, it was very like, it didn't feel like a home to me. Mm -hmm. I was like going back and forth to my mom's, my dad's house. Mom's house, very homey in Burbank. Dad's house, very sterile. Like, big yeah. house. Like, a pool blah 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 but I had this feeling of like ah, this isn't really my home like I'm a charity case and I'm just happen to be like with these two adults <laughs> <laughs> and um so I think and we, we, we both had this sense of trying to get away from these what I think a lot of people would think of would be like these amazing home you know people have gotten like I remember people getting married in the backyard at my parents' house, mm -hmm. which I think happened yeah. to you as well. But we had this sense of like, uh, like, yeah, let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go like, meet somewhere else out in the world. Yeah. Um, and it took a long time to <laughs> like, there was some reckons. And I think it's also because like, at least in my in my family, there's sort of this odd legacy with my, with my uncle who was the vice president of technicolor at one point and also um i think was like helped create the ballpoint pen or something like like he was just sort of this like that that like this guy that had his hands in different projects i think he may have also like been nixon's campaign manager oh my god or something like that whoa yeah and um but he was also a member of the john birch society which is like practically like the kkk 
So, <laughs> so there's this, and I remember my dad saying to me once, like when we were in a fight or something that he said, like, your grandfather voted for Nixon three times and he'd do it again. You know, it's like, <laughs> don't ever forget who you are. You're a conservative, you know, like something really intense. Like that. <laughs> and really dug being... his own grave with that argument. <laughs> 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 and so I, it took me a long time to be like, to be like, my family's weird. Like there's something that's a weird, I can't detach myself from this legacy as much as I may not, uh, uh, what's the word, connect with it mm-hmm. in many ways. The The aspects of it must still be filtering down through my life that has to be happening. And so I feel like I'm actually still in the middle of that process, mm-hmm. honestly, because I, I know so little. My way to protect myself was to not learn. Ew, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep you know it I mean? a mis- mysterious yeah. behind closed doors kind right. of feeling. Uh-huh. But that I feel like sense. for you, you're much more of an investigative type. Hmm. Do you think that's true? With my family? Um, I'm not sure. That's an interesting way to put it. I, I mean, everything was pretty out in the open with my family. I feel like I knew what the legacy was all about, and I knew what the drama was. And for me, it was just as far as getting out of these homes or getting away from these family structures and having fun together, it was definitely just like feelings of wanting feelings of freedom, I think, for yes. both of us. Yes, I yes, think yes. for different reasons, we both felt like there was just a lot of either expectation or entanglement energy or repression or oppression or whatever it was. And yeah. so becoming friends felt like this suddenly big open door of like, it can actually be like that yeah um there was but it's it's funny too because like yeah definitely for me it was also like because my family was like strictly orthodox jewish like very religious like don't use electricity on saturdays religious so there was it's funny how what will happen if you're a kid and you're just like put in a room where there's rules like strong strong rules but you don't want to do those rules. <laughs> it's like very exciting. Yeah. Um, it's exhilarating to eventually come to the realization that, that they don't have to exist for you. Yeah. Or you get to create them yeah. in the way that you want to. Yeah. Which I feel like now I've come back to a little bit of trying to reckon with what it's like to use um structures like faith-based structures to live my life yeah basically. totally since my dad is like my family is so obsessed not obsessed they're religious <laughs> <laughs> same diff they're like so obsessed with they're Judaism. so obsessed with god <laughs> it's like disgusting <laughs> so uh but like to come back to how do i think the world what what how shall I live in the world? Like, what's the best way I want to live in the world? Well, yeah. I like the moon. Like, I'm going to follow the schedule of the moon. Right. Creating the shapes and patterns and meaning that actually resonates with you, but yeah. still embracing some sort of a structure or a path. Yeah, that's really interesting. Do you feel like you are in the process of defining what that looks like for you? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm really, I think um, I'm really in the process of trying to combine embracing 
structures that already exist and finding what's meaningful, but really creating my own from scratch feels really important to me right now. Like finding, I think I'm still on a subconscious level when I started getting interested in metaphysical stuff, I think I still really associated it with rules on a very deep uh, subconscious level mm -hmm. that there's a right way to do it. You know, it's almost like a game. Like when things would start happening that were magical, it was hard not to associate that with being like, oh, that's because you did the right thing or you passed the test or like if you keep doing it this way, more magical things will happen, blah, blah, blah. I'm definitely in a place right now of trying to anchor it inside me that <clears> – <throat> any choice I make, not make it binary like that, that mm. any choice that I make in relationship to playing with reality in that way will end up being the right one and is, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's very like trying to feel like there are no mistakes. Yeah, and I've talked to so many people about this, like, if you're not raised, well, actually, if you are raised with a concept, it's a whole different set of issues. But I wasn't raised with people talking about God, really. Most people weren't in my life. Um, so when I came to it on my own, you're kind of trying to figure out what that is. And I think a lot of people project, like, stuff from your childhood and how adults were when you were a kid onto how God must be without even realizing it. Like whether people have abandonment issues or I think in my case there was like I was very told what to do in every circumstance in a lot of areas of my life. Like things were kind of micromanaged. So on some level that can get projected onto like, oh, there's a right way to do it. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of people yeah, there's like a there's a funny stretch of path to go through for a lot of people where you get to peel things off of God and be like, oh, actually, no, that's not infinite and therefore doesn't need or that's not uh, unconditionally loving or that's yeah. that's a projection. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah, I think even the word God is one that people automatically are like. They, what's the word? It's it's like not repellent, but it's like so. What's the word that I'm looking so for? So loaded, loaded. Yeah, it's a, it's as loaded as the word love. <laughs> Coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> but like, love is. It's weird too because like, <clears throat> um, God is super complicated seen as used to oppress most of the time mm -hmm. things are done in the name of god and then yeah horrible things happen <laughs> yes <laughs> uh it's it's sort of this excuse to it seems like an excuse a lot of the time totally that, that seems to be how god is perceived if you aren't religious or just don't believe in god i loved what you said recently too in a conversation we were having about the word god how there's no word for it that really does it for you like of all yeah. the choices of things to talk, ways to talk about that relationship. You said something about God. Like, I was like, what do you feel when you hear the word God? And you were like, uh, it feels masculine and it feels separate from me. Yes. Like an other, like something you'll have a relationship with that's. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what's he doing here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, who invited him? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I know. That's like exactly what it feels like. Though. Yeah, it is. 
I always get this image. I don't know where it came from. From the time I was really little, I saw this painting of, it was like a really detailed painting of a, a beautiful skull made out of clouds in the sky that was kind of being whisked away. And forever that is what I see when I hear the word God. And it's really weird. It's not like morbid. It was like a beautiful blue sky with this wispy, but it's like this skeleton man made of cloud. That's funny. Yeah. I think I picture God, I picture the word God mm-hmm. with a capital G <laughs> and I picture like God and like it's in the clouds <laughs> and like rays are coming down. It's like God, God. <laughs> and I all, and I picture like him speaking like the Torah, Torahs? I don't know if it was the Torah. I can't, I don't know what those, the name of the books are, but you'd get these books in synagogue mm-hmm. and God would speak in a very like so particular. particular and persnickety. <laughs> He gets so easily offended. Way. He's so, so easily offended. I know. And I, and I, so I think about that. He's jealous. Jealous God, <laughs> a vengeful God. He's... Um, but it's weird because I think I also talked about when we were talking about this conversation earlier, I was also talking about how like, I don't really like any name for it. Yeah. Which, of course, is very Judaic <laughs> and Hebrew, which I hate. <laughs> Because it's so full circle. Because I was super rebellious when I was little, when it came to Judaism. I was like, yeah. I am not part of any of this. Yeah. I put up such a barrier. Like, you could sense how was like, it was trying to uh, yeah, it oppress was, you. It was, well, yeah, yeah. Oppress me and also just like, accept this, accept this, accept this. And I was like, no, I don't. Like, <clears throat> right. stop. Like hypnosis. Leave me alone. Hypnosis, very, what's the word? Um, Like... Relentless when it relentless or... and penetrating, mm-hmm. invasive. invasive. It felt like oh, it, just man. the way it was. Even though parts of it were on the surface very nice, yeah. but it was like no. And I just had like a huge wall up. Mm. But then of course it's funny that there's so many things now that have come back where it's like yeah I don't I don't like to call God anything. And it's like okay so like <laughs> Yahweh like it's that's literally what that is. So I don't yeah. know. Can't get away from this stuff, unfortunately. And. Like, you feel, for the most part, you've reconciled sort of teenage, your teenage self with your family at this point? Or does it still kind of feel like in the process? What do you mean? My teenage self? Like, more rebellious and like... Oh, I've I've chilled out. (laughs) (laughs) I have a good relationship with my family right now. Yeah, both present and the past. I feel pretty solid with that. How, How it's gone? Yeah, definitely. I've I've looked into it a lot. And mm-hmm. yeah, I feel I feel good about it. It's um Yeah, it's interesting. When I was young, the only person in my life who was interested in God was my mom's sister who was bipolar schizophrenic and she was super she would super talk about God and Jesus and angels and everything all the time and the devil. And so it was really interesting to like be exposed to spirituality through mental illness. And that was like where all of that vocabulary was coming from in my formative years was this one person who, according to everyone else at that time, was her point of view was completely, I don't want to say invalid, but it was definitely the narrative is, oh, she's crazy. She's crazy. So you put it over there as like anything she's perceiving is in this other world marked as crazy and that's not really real or it's just in her head. And then the older I got, the more I felt like, whoa, like as I started opening up my own 
magic practice, real magic practice and stuff, I, I started really feeling like she was just perceiving other things that are perhaps part of collective reality that she just didn't have a mirror for that mm -hmm. other people weren't experiencing or didn't know how to process. So that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember who said this, but something like when you're doing, I don't know if it's chakra work or something like that, but when people can see visions and things like that, mm -hmm. that it's overactive from the heart up. Yes. Is that what that is? Yeah. And then you're, but you're not very, yes. for whatever reason, you can't stay grounded yes. in the real world. Totally. Basically. We've talked Quote, about that. real world of just like, you know, physically feeling like the earth can support you. Yeah. That you can be supported in the real world. Absolutely. That you can stand on your feet and that you can be in your body. Right. And that you're safe and all of these sort of, yeah, exactly. It yeah. seems like it's just a an extreme of it's almost like yeah if you are shut off to those lower chakras your consciousness can just beam even higher up but it's not grounded but it starts yeah. opening all these other layers of things that most people if they're really focused on the earth might never experience or hear or see it's crazy i mean <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to read the Tarot of Liberty Larson. Mm -hmm. Welcome back to What's Your Deal? We are going to read the Tarot soon for my friend Libby. Um, so I started reading Tarot in 2015, I think, 2014. But I think we always used to play around with cards. I mean, you've been around quote magic tricks your whole life yes so that's been a very like um intense part of your reality and from the time I met you it was kind of by our close friendship a part of my life as well mm -hmm. also just because aside from like spending time with your family or like going to fun events and things like that um we used to sort of play games with each other that we may not have known were sort of like um, trying to connect to quote magic I suppose yeah um, I remember really clearly a game we tried to play where we both tried to talk to each other at the same time <laughs> to see if we could both have a conversation and listen at the same time <laughs> Which now that I look back on it is so clearly trying to create some kind of like, can we give and receive at the same time and create this like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were trying to create like some kind of verbal atom bomb. Yeah, and like open our brains to being able to function both sides at once. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we both um, had separate sort of like... <laughs> I wouldn't say mental breakdowns, but like <laughs> sort of like points in our lives where we both felt very depressed mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of suicidal, honestly. Mm -hmm. And um, just for many different reasons, like external reasons, internal reasons. And then um, sort of were faced with 
kind of believing that there could be something more, yeah. I guess would be the word, um, than just... And it's kind of it's kind of weird because again it doesn't really it's hard to separate it from what we talk about like just what we're talking about like not wanting to see God in the room like being like this is not who I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> I think it honestly to me if I had to really put something on it it would be believing in love which is so depressing. What <laughs> like before that I but that is kind of what it felt like at least in my end, where I was, like, so depressed, so I wanted to kill myself, and it was just, like, um, because no one cares about me, and I don't even care about me, mm. and if and the world would be a better place if I was gone. Mm. Like, this really deep sureness, like, sh- I surely feel like this. Yeah, the and ultimate perception the, of, like, complete separation. Complete separation. Yeah. And it just was, like... I think that's what takes everyone out who goes out like that. Yes, this the same. You you come to the real. You come to the. What's the word? It feels like a fact. It feels like a fact. Like you, there's just exactly. It's just complete separation. Yeah. And how weird it is to be like, no, <laughs> suicide is like emotional terrorism on the people in your life. Yeah. Someone once explained it like that. Yeah. Even though I think a lot of times, like, there can be some. A lot of times with suicide, it's like. A profound mental illness yeah you know it's something where it's like you know you hear about people getting very angry with people who commit suicide or yeah, like yeah. but I, i'm more talking in terms of like um not not the hmm it's it's funny to have to try to separate it but like not not the ones where it's like you should be on medication like you are really having you you can't hand not handle it but it's like you need to be treated like you need treatment just like for any other kind of physical ailment yeah 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 um i'm annoyed at myself that i was like you can't handle the truth (laughs) that's not what i mean but then for someone who where where it's more in line with what we're talking about of telling yourself the story that you're just completely separate from everybody else that's like a totally different thing like it's not something that everyone has to go through, but it definitely seems like a distinct chapter of spiritual awakening to almost take the illusion of separation as far as it can go. In fact, I think we've done that as a collective society, too. It yeah. seems like a weird like chapter in the release of that to sort of to experience for yourself how painful it is to be that deep because it's sort of everyone's worst fear i think yes that that's how it is and there's nothing that's just the truth yeah yeah and i think what's so odd is how utterly the other way i feel where it almost feels like no what like what no you're no you're not (laughs) like you just aren't it's just like a fact that you are connected to others yeah and weirdly i came through that through tarot which is really odd yeah um yeah, you can almost get to an interesting form of like logic. I've found recently, like you know, even on a even on a quantum level, or knowing that on a scientific level, knowing that everything actually is connected, and that's just something that people can accept as fact. When you have certain things like that, you can walk yourself out of a lot of these stories with a certain well, if A and B, then C. I'm not the most mathematical person usually but I've been using that kind of stuff on myself lately when I catch myself getting into a very subjective illusion that's Mm -hmm. based in fear 
you can you can remind yourself of those sort of universal it doesn't even have to be an out there spiritual principle it's kind of very simple and like a logic yeah yeah i think um something like that as an example for myself was i have been telling myself for a long time that i can't experience intimacy until i'm i'm with somebody else basically Mm. um which I feel like obviously is like an important thing I should do in my life is like experience intimacy. The hotline is open. <laughs> we are taking calls. Like, you know, it's so like, duh. Like, yes, you should probably try to love someone in your life that might be chill. <laughs> but I had always been telling myself, well, I can't do that until there's someone else involved. There's no way for me to heal until there's someone else involved. Right. So you're like frozen in that. Yeah, like, well, I'll just wait. And then whenever they get here, then, then it starts. we'll start the healing. Yeah, yeah. And I only recently was like, oh, no, that's not so at all. Because I'm I'm actually in relationship with this voice in my head who is telling me all these things that are so intense. Yes. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. And I don't mean like I'm hearing voices, but just like your inner narrative that yeah. says some examples of what this voice says to me sometimes is like, so one thing that I'll say to myself is like, I love you so much. You're such a good person. And I'll be like, okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> let's walk that back a little. Like, what do you, re- what does that really mean to you? Mm. What do you mean when you're saying I'm a good person? Like, why, why are you saying that? And, and if I am cl- more slow and patient, then it'll say more specifically, um, I want you to avoid suffering um, so I'm going to tell you that your actions are always going to be correct, mm. which is what quote a good person would be. Mm. So if you, I, I want to make sure that your intentions are always good or something like that. So it's like trying to be patient with this voice. And then like another voice might say like, don't ever be afraid. <laughs> it's like, or else. Yeah. It's like, what? Like, and then having that other patient side myself was like, can you tell me more what that means to you? Like and so yeah. slowly having that sort of getting take, into deeper dialogue and intimacy. Yeah. Yes, with whatever's going on inside of oh me. Oh my god, yeah, that's everything. Yeah, and then it suddenly becomes, you've helped me a lot with that. Oh, that, that makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, that perspective of talking to it and getting further in dialogue and asking questions when something says something. Yeah, I think it's so important. <laughs> yeah, and then you kind of are able to see. Oh, look, I can have this relationship with a kind of cuckoo thing within me that I know is being kind of childish almost. Mm-hmm. And then um, most likely that'll play out, I assume, in a relationship or something like that. Yeah, that's a really good point. Maybe, I don't know. Well, I, I think so. I think whatever, especially when you notice thoughts like that that are repeats, like thing, like I, I broke my toe recently and I've been sitting still a lot more than usual and it really makes you witness what's going on inside your mind. And when you notice certain things that are repeat offenders that are just like or core <laughs> themes that just keep coming back with the same message, it's so amazing the difference between just being in it, like that thought is driving the car versus like even being able to look at it at all from any kind of outside perspective and watch it. And that's, oh man, it can be... If you don't take it personally, it can be so interesting to just keep asking, like, but why? That's truly the key I'm now realizing, like, just not taking 
right, things personally, which seems so simple. We can't even but... fathom all the factors that shaped those thoughts. We can't fathom all of the things that shaped what turned into that belief or that fear. And then it even translates to the actions of others. Like you can't not exactly. even understand why and someone your would ancestors do and everything. Uh, like it's uh, the whole world. At, at a certain point, it's like you can't. Fa- it's not yours. We are. We all share everything. Like it feels so personal for each person. I've felt for a long time like we all have our personal private hell that we have the illusion of like, oh, this is my private hell. It's so shameful and awful. But everybody's has the same view. If you were to look in everyone's little cell, they're all looking at the same (laughs) types of thoughts and the same types of feelings, thinking that it's, you know, your cross to bear, like the worst thing I could never tell anyone. But I think people would be shocked at how similar they are and how (laughs) cliche we all are. (laughs) But it's so real. And just because it's not personal to you or just because it's not so unique doesn't mean that we're not all feeling the heaviness of that shared illusion or that shared fear. Like... But it, it is helpful in getting out of the isolation part of it. Yeah. So what would you like to... We're looking uh, at these little cards over here. What would you like to have a reading about today? Today is the new moon. It's in my second house. Okay. So I am really feeling something to do with... I'm really trying to get in touch with my true worth. Ooh. My real worth and my real value. Okay. Um, so anything about that? Okay, go ahead and shuffle these cards a little bit. And think about. Yeah, I'm wanting to move into a time in my life when I'm receiving um, money and resources and energy, all forms of receiving having to do with things that I really value about myself or that things that, yeah, not associating money with having to pretend (laughs) to be other things. Like you having to pretend to be other things. Yes, totally. Like what? Um, I think in the past, I've especially in entertainment, I've associated things having commercial value with being being able to wear masks when you need to or being able to turn it on or turn it Mm -hmm. off, turn other things off, turn other things on. And I'm trying to notice, even if it's not about money in my interactions with people lately, I'm trying to notice the value that comes when I'm really authentic and really real with what's really going on in the moment instead of adjusting or, mm-hmm. you know, contortion. Okay, so we're going to read for recent past, present, and near future. Okay. Fascinating. <laughs> so we have recent past, reverse high priestess. Present is reverse two of pentacles, and in the near future is king of wands. So it looks like, to me, it seems to be pretty clear that because pentacles represents the material world and your job and things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think like embodying the high priestess and the king of wands to me seem pretty. Um, yeah. very much so like yeah. they're very op- they're very opposite from each other yeah and um, I think leaning actually it's really interesting I think leaning into the king of wands who is the architect of fire mm-hmm. he's the one who makes things happen honestly 
he's the ultimate director. He's the ultimate guy who leads the pack and gets things done. Yeah. Um, and he's very electric while doing so and very um, comfortable with authority. And he's also very <laughs> daring and bold. And he also hates sitting on his throne. He's very impatient and wants to leap off it. You can tell by his face. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I hate this. <laughs> but no one else can do it but me. <laughs> um, it's time for photographs. It's <laughs> So I think leaning into him and acting like him will also help with high priestess stuff because you've got this infinity loop here in the middle with the two of pentacles mm -hmm. so to me it's sort of like them all spinning like this Whoa, all the time do you know what I mean? i'm I spinning that. so what i'm doing right now is <laughs> it looks like the two like of pentacles is the fulcrum yes the center space it is between <gasps> Whoa. And I wish that we had a visual of this, but it's just basically like... She's turning them all in a wheel. I'm turning like them in a all... wheel. So you're supposed to kind of... The you're infinity loop to. is creating this... Yeah. Wow. Vortex. I would lean into being... F and I think it might, at this point, be hard to feel how to be flexible like that. Uh -huh. Maybe it feels a little bit like black and white needs to be one or the other or something mm. like that. Like first this, other than this, and then this. You know what I mean? Right. But I think if... Yes. So if you can kind of go... I know you. <laughs> I know you've said before, like sometimes you worry too much about going with the flow, yeah, for fear of commitment issues and stuff like that. Right. But that's not exactly what I mean. It's more like Pentacles is grounded always, yeah. no matter what. Mm -hmm. So there's something to be said for the fact that this Pentacles card is the card of suppleness and flexibility. Wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's the most flexible Earth card. Yes. So I don't think you have to worry so much about where to put your energy necessarily like the roots are there you don't have to worry about whether you have roots or not like mm -hmm. you just do and i think that's a lot of what pentacles is about is like worrying about foundations in your feet basically right. yeah so and then you just kind of become this reed that can handle where the, whatever way the wind is blowing yeah and also this card represents fun it's like having fun and whistling while you work and like enjoying yourself, enjoying the play of of um, like the material world and life, which most people have a lot of fear around money. It's not fun at all. Yeah. But to me, it's showing that playing with these two guys, the high priestess who high priestess who represents the ultimate feminine principle of non-action, mystery, stillness, the stillness, be still and know that I'm God, Silence. the subconscious, dreams, and then the king of wands, which is very much like the actual human personality, not just an archetype, but right. the actual personality of acting and um outwardness totally so i think finding the flow between these two is going to how be how they amplify each other yeah. like you're right that infinity sign in the middle is like just feeding them back and forth between each other like yes Ooh. so of course as always the thing that links the two is just trusting and having faith that you'll just know which to incorporate at each point at each moment you know what i mean yeah Wow. Either action or non-action. This feels <laughs> very related to something I wrote randomly right as I was falling asleep last night in my notebook, which was a voice in my head. It's just like this three. It was like, this is the game. I wrote down, this is the game. Be still and empty. And then something about like holy fire comes. And it was just like, this is the yeah. game back and forth. When you don't know what to do, be still and empty. 
and wait for the fire. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And appreciative too. Yeah. I think people view the stillness as like a punishment mm. or asceticism. Right. Like or barrenness. Denial. Yeah. But no, that it's just it's, it's more like, like, like fullness. Yes. And just like enjoying the enjoyment is the key, is key. Like just mm-hmm. enjoying waiting, enjoying acting, enjoying yourself. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Thank you so much. Um, I, I don't know. I just wish I could, I could talk for a long time about many stories that we have, but that's all. Come find us <laughs> in the um, street. If people want to contact you for a session, can oh. they do that? Or is it yes. not quite ready to do that? Um, my website is www.libertylarson.com. L-I-B-E-R-T-Y-L-A-R-S-E-N. And you can read under spiritual services what I offer in terms of working with a real magic, uh, magic practice, energy, energy healing, all of that. Thank you so much. Please go check out Liberty Sect. I am Ariana Larsky, and this has been What's Your Deal? Thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.